Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP Club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. A quick announcement about The Brief Podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to The Brief Podcast as well as The Sherlock's Podcast, as we'll be moving The Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search The Brief Podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 23rd of August and our main stories in the brief this week are The Ministry of Justice has been forced to take over HMP Birmingham, a prison previously run by the private security company G4S. The emergency action followed a report by the Chief Inspector of Prisons revealing widespread drug abuse, dangerously dirty conditions and frequent outbreaks of violence. The UK government has admitted its own role in the crisis, Prisons Minister Rory Stewart telling the BBC's Today programme, This is partly the responsibility of me, as Prisons Minister, of the government and of G4S, which is why we have taken this unprecedented step of stepping in. The prison will now operate under government control and a new governor appointed to oversee its running. Government officials have stressed the move was not a renationalisation of the prison, with operations reportedly returning to G4S in six months' time. There are currently 14 privately run prisons in England and Wales, with a further 100 institutions run by the public sector. Asia Argento, a prominent activist in the Me Too movement, is being investigated on allegations she assaulted a young actor. Los Angeles police announced its investigation following a report by the New York Times alleging Argento came to a $380,000 settlement with actor Jimmy Bennett after notice he planned to sue her. Argento has been central to the Me Too movement after telling the New Yorker magazine last October she had been raped by Harvey Weinstein when she was 21. The incident between Argento and Bennett is alleged to have occurred in 2013, when the actor was aged 17, a year below the age of consent in California, where the assault is said to have taken place. No police report was filed at the time of the alleged assault, but Bennett's 2017 notice of intent to sue said the actor had been left traumatised by the incident. Other activists involved in Me Too have moved to defend the campaign, urging the accusation should not discredit the movement. Argento has denied the assault accusations, claiming the money was paid to Bennett to help the actor with financial troubles. President Donald Trump is attempting to see off fresh controversy as his former associates face felony charges in US courts. On Tuesday, Trump's former presidential campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was convicted of eight fraud charges, including tax fraud, bank fraud and failure to disclose foreign bank accounts. At the same time, the president's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to violating campaign finance law after it was revealed he paid hush money to women claiming to have had affairs with Trump during the run-up to 2016's presidential election. The most damaging aspect of the criminal charges for the president are claims made by Cohen which implicate Trump in his crimes. 
During his guilty plea, Cohen alleged Trump had directed him to make the payments. However, it is unlikely Trump will face any serious challenges to his position as president as a result of his associates' convictions, as US Justice Department regulations stipulate that a sitting president cannot be formally accused or charged with a crime. In a TV interview, Trump denied Cohen's claims and alleged the hush money was paid by him personally, not the campaign, therefore not violating campaign finance rules. In UK news, the multi-millionaire founder of fashion brand Superdry has given a £1 million boost to the campaign, calling for a second referendum on the Brexit deal. Julian Dunkerton said the donation to the People's Vote campaign came from his belief there was a genuine chance Britain's exit from the EU could be turned around. The businessman also claimed Superdry would not have experienced the same levels of success if he had attempted to found the brand in a post-Brexit Britain. The People's Vote campaign is thought to be using the donation to fund a last-ditch campaign push as the UK draws close to the official Brexit date in March 2019. The campaign, led by Labour MP Chuka Amuna, is pushing for a second referendum, allowing the public to vote on a final Brexit deal. Recent polls have suggested as many as 45% of Britons now support a final say on UK-EU agreement, with 34% of those surveyed opposing a second referendum. A rise in the number of cocaine deaths in England and Wales has prompted charities to call on the government to investigate the problem. Figures released by the Office for National Statistics this month showed cocaine-related deaths had soared from 112 in 2011 to 432 last year. Approximately 2.9% of Britons aged 16 to 59 reportedly used cocaine in the last year, the highest proportion in Europe. Whilst the rise in cocaine deaths is currently unexplained, research has suggested supplies have become purer, making the drug more dangerous. A drop in the price of the drug is also thought to be fueling its increased use in the UK. The executive director of drugs charity Adaction, Karen Tyrrell, described the mortality figures as scandalous, adding, they are two and a half times higher than the numbers that die in road traffic accidents. Celebrities and social media influencers are to face an investigation by UK competition watchdog as online stars fail to disclose when they're posting paid advertising. The Competition and Markets Authority, or CMA, is to launch an inquiry into the extent of misleading marketing online, amid concern that hidden partnerships between online stars and commercial brands are influencing the purchasing decisions of followers. The CMA issued a warning to digital marketers in 2016, notifying them of potential risks to consumer laws. The authority now wants to crack down on the practice, reportedly pursuing prosecutions to ensure competition standards are upheld on social media. North Ayrshire Council in Scotland is to become the first UK authority to offer free sanitary products in all its public buildings. The council is hoping to tackle the problem of period poverty, where women and girls are unable to afford sanitary products. The provisions will be available across council-run buildings such as libraries and community centres, the authority having already introduced vending machines with the items in high schools last August. From September, all schools and universities in Scotland will provide free sanitary items after a survey by the charity Young Scott found 25% of young people in education had experienced difficulty accessing the products. The Child Poverty Action Group has found low-earning parents are unable to provide enough to cover their family's basic needs, despite being in full-time employment. The charity's Cost of a Child report found that a couple earning the national living wage of £7.83 an hour would be £49 short of covering family expenses each week. The situation was worse for single parents on the living wage, research suggesting they would be £74 short of the minimum income needed to cover basic weekly costs. 
The charity said the small gains made in wage increases had not reached household budgets due to the freezing of tax credits and changes to welfare schemes. A government spokesperson responded to the report, saying fewer families now lived in absolute poverty, citing record levels of UK employment. The brother of Michael Kelly, who was killed in the 1989 Hillsborough disaster, told reporters he was absolutely devastated after former Chief Inspector Norman Betterson had all charges against him dropped. Steve Kelly spoke to reporters outside court following the news, saying the Crown Prosecution Service's decision to drop the charges had left the families of victims feeling as though they were treading water. Sir Norman Betterson was the South Yorkshire police officer in charge at the time of the disaster and was due to face four counts of misconduct in a public office. Betterson allegedly lied to the Merseyside Police Authority by attempting to blame Liverpool supporters for the disaster, which saw 96 people killed in the stadium crush. The CPS now says there is insufficient evidence to proceed with Betterson's prosecution. In his first speech as Foreign Secretary this week, Jeremy Hunt urged the European Union to support the Trump administration's sanctions against Russia. Hunt's speech called for further measures to tackle the threat posed by Russia and its attacks on liberal democracies. The Foreign Secretary is currently in Washington for meetings with US officials, and his speech urged Trump to support new legislation protecting democratic electoral process against foreign interference and cyber attacks. Hunt's speech comes as US company Microsoft revealed it had uncovered new attempts by Russian hackers to influence American elections. Microsoft has said it found evidence of Russian-created fake sites mimicking the online pages of right-wing think tanks ahead of the US midterm elections. Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, said the company had no doubt in their minds at who was behind the attacks, adding that Microsoft had shut down 84 fake websites associated with Russian hackers in the last two years. New figures from Citizens Advice have revealed Britons are harbouring a hidden debt of around £19 billion worth of household bills. The estimate from the charity comes as households reportedly struggle with unpaid utility bills, missed council tax payments and the return of tax credits after benefits were overpaid. Citizens Advice said the demands of household bills were now the main issue facing consumers, previously a position held by credit card problems. The charity has urged the government to investigate, Chief Executive Gillian Guy saying the government must get a grip on the scale of this debt by accurately measuring and publishing the figure on an annual basis. Danny Boyle has quit his position as director of the 25th James Bond movie. Boyle, who's famed for directing films including Train Spotting and Slumdog Millionaire, has quit the franchise due to creative differences. The decision was announced via the franchise's official Twitter account, with Boyle yet to comment on his exit. The 25th edition of the film was due to begin production in December this year, with Daniel Craig returning to star as Bond. The news comes as Idris Elba denied fresh rumours he'd be taking over the iconic role, the actor firmly denying the possibility in an interview with Good Morning Britain. The sale of puppies and kittens is to be banned from pet shops under new proposals aimed at reducing the number of animals suffering health issues from breeding in pet farms. The new government plan aims to restrict the sale of pets, meaning kittens and puppies would only be available via registered breeders and rescue centres. The legislation, known as Lucy's Law, after a spaniel who died after poor treatment in a Welsh puppy farm, was debated in Parliament after receiving 150,000 signatures in an online petition. MPs have already approved a law banning the sale of dogs and cats at less than eight weeks old, which is due to come into effect at the start of October. The Myanmar state councillor and former Nobel Peace Prize winner Aung San Suu Kyi is to be stripped of her Freedom of Edinburgh Award. The move follows Suu Kyi's refusal to act on the ongoing violence perpetrated against the Myanmar's Rohingya population, 
It's thought as many as 10,000 Rohingya people have been killed, with an estimated 700,000 forced to flee over the border into Bangladesh since the military crackdown began last August. The United Nations has labelled the violence ethnic cleansing, but Suu Kyi has refused to condemn the military action. Edinburgh's Lord Provost Frank Ross has proposed the removal of her award with immediate effect. In health news, a recent study by the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston has found low-carbohydrate intake, popularised by famous regimes such as the Atkins and ketogenic diets, may in fact reduce a person's lifespan. The study found low-carb, high-fat diets could reduce life expectancy by four years when compared with those consuming a moderate amount of carbohydrates. However, researchers found too many carbs also had a negative effect, reducing the average lifespan by one year. Research by the Trauma Audit and Research Network has found survival rates following serious injury have improved by nearly a fifth in just five years. The increase in survival is thought to reflect the impact of major trauma centres opened in 2012. The research has found an additional 1,656 lives had been saved in England across the 27 trauma centres which provide seriously injured patients with specialist treatment. The 19% increase in survival rates has quashed concerns over the longer distances patients need to travel to access the trauma centres. NHS England's Trauma Care Director, Professor Chris Moran, praised the new units, saying patients suffering severe injury need to get to the right specialist centres staffed by experts, not simply the nearest hospital. A study by University College London has found teetotalers are more likely to suffer a heart attack than those who drink alcohol in moderation. The findings have lent further weight to the theory that moderate alcohol consumption could have a protective effect on the heart. The contrast was particularly clear in women, with those who had never drunk having doubled the risk of heart attacks and heart failure than their moderate drinking equivalents. However, experts have warned that drinking alcohol should not be recommended for its health benefits, as any heart-related improvements were likely to be outweighed by increased risks of cancer and strokes. Chief Executive of Birthrights, Rebecca Schiller, has said the lack of respect for patient dignity could have profound negative consequences after news emerged 75% of NHS hospitals were denying pregnant women the right to a caesarean. Figures gathered under the Freedom of Information Act revealed only a quarter of hospitals follow the official NHS guidance that states women can choose a caesarean, with one in seven explicitly refusing women's rights. Schiller said the figures showed pregnant women who request caesareans were meeting judgmental attitudes, barriers and disrespect more often than compassion and support. Currently, around 15% of women give birth through planned caesareans in England each year, the rate having risen 4% over the last 10 years. In business news, a YouGov poll has found the majority of the British public still do not trust the nation's banks. The poll of 2,250 adults revealed 66% still do not believe banks work in society's best interests, a decade after the collapse of US institution Lehman Brothers unleashed a global financial crisis. The results exposed the extent to which restructuring and fines on misbehaviour have failed to tackle public distrust in the financial sector. Banks have been held to account worldwide since 2008, with regulators collectively fining financial institutions around £251 billion. A representative from banking organisation UK Finance said the industry was taking its responsibility seriously and reforms had been carried out to ensure the public would never need to bail out a bank again. The chief economist of the Bank of England has warned British workers will need to undergo a skills revolution to avoid a rise in the technologically unemployed. Speaking on Radio 4, Andy Haldane said artificial intelligence was likely to make many of the UK's current positions obsolete, 
saying the disruption could affect the jobs market on a greater scale than the first industrial revolution. Haldane's words echoed recent advice from Tabitha Goldstorb, the chair of the Artificial Intelligence Council. Goldstorb said there must be a focus on new job creation to counteract those lost to artificial intelligence, adding that the change could be liberating, bringing an end to some jobs considered boring, mundane and unsafe. A YouGov survey has found traditional working hours have undergone a rapid decline, with just 6% of Brits now working a 9-to-5 job. The survey found nearly half of respondents worked flexibly through job sharing or flexi-time. The study of 4,000 British adults also found the most popular hours to be 8am to 4pm, chosen by 37% of those surveyed. The move away from traditional hours reflects an increasing need among employees to juggle other commitments. Unlike workers in the North and Southern UK, over 25% of Londoners wanted to start after 9am, potentially reflecting a desire to avoid rush hour on the capitals and transport network. Elsewhere in the world, a report into the attack which killed 40 children and 11 adults in Yemen has revealed the bomb was supplied by the US. The bombing earlier this month was carried out by a Saudi-led coalition warplane carrying US bombs approved for sale to Saudi Arabia during President Obama's administration. The Saudi government is the largest purchaser of arms exports from both the UK and the US. Despite US claims, the coalition is working to limit casualties. The loss of civilian life in the region continued to rise this year, with 6,592 people killed since the start of the conflict. Saudi-led forces are fighting to reinstate the Yemeni government ousted by Houthi rebels in an uprising in 2015. British woman has been rescued from the Adriatic Sea 10 hours after she fell from a cruise ship. Kay Longstaff was aboard the Norwegian cruise line ship travelling from Vargarola to Venice when she reportedly fell from the back of the ship around 60 miles from shore. The 46-year-old was found in the water 10 hours later by the Croatian Coast Guard. Longstaff was taken to a Croatian hospital in Pula to recover, telling reporters she felt very lucky to be alive and praising the Coast Guard. I was in the water for 10 hours, so these wonderful guys rescued me. Rescue teams have moved into action in the Indian state of Kerala as flood water levels have begun to subside. Thousands of people remain cut off after the region was hit by extreme monsoon weather, which caused its dams to reach capacity earlier this month. It is Kerala's worst flooding in a century, with 350 people estimated to have been killed in the disaster and 600,000 forced to shelter in relief camps. The severest flood warnings were withdrawn over the weekend as the armed forces worked to rescue over 23,000 people across the state. Authorities are now working to prevent outbreaks of disease, particularly among those currently living in the 4,000 relief camps set up to shelter displaced citizens. Greece has completed its Eurozone bailout programme designed to halt its debt crisis over three years. The emergency loan is worth £55 billion and has successfully pushed the Greek economy into growth, with the government now free to borrow on capital markets. Overall, Greece's bailout saw the country borrow a total of £298 billion from the EU, European Central Bank and International Monetary Fund from 2010 to 2015, the largest bailout in global financial history. Greece's unemployment rate has now fallen below 20% and its national budget is operating in surplus, but the country has suffered severely under controversial austerity measures. While the end of the bailout programme is a positive sign for the Greek economy, households are still likely to struggle, with EU Economic Commissioner Pierre Moscovici saying the reality on the ground remains difficult. Israeli scientists have discovered a way to almost halve the amount of sugar in confectionery products without the use of sweeteners. Researchers at Dumatok have found a method to improve sugar's ability at reaching the tongue receptors, meaning sugar content can be cut without affecting the flavour. 
The majority of sugar in sweet products goes to the stomach without reaching the taste buds. The scientists have already signed a deal with Europe's largest sugar company, Sudzuka, so it's likely the new sugar recipes could hit British shelves in the next two years. The World Health Organization has warned travellers of the sore in measles cases in Europe, the diagnosis rate doubling from last year. Approximately 41,000 cases of measles have been recorded in 2018 so far, with at least 37 people dying from the disease. It is thought a revival of fresh opposition to the MMR vaccine, which protects against measles, has allowed the disease to resurge on the continent. GPs in Britain have been warned to watch out for measles symptoms as holidaymakers return from trips abroad. Public Health England's head of immunisation, Mary Ramsey, said the majority of England's measles cases were contracted in Europe by those who were not vaccinated as children. Latin American countries, neighbouring Venezuela, have reacted to the country's mass migration, blocking those attempting to flee across Venezuela's borders. Approximately 2.3 million people have fled the country since 2014, attempting to escape the economic crisis. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has overseen the country's plunge into recession, his mismanagement largely worsening economic problems. However, those attempting to leave Venezuela have been met with hostility, with attacks on border refugee camps in Brazil and cases of people being forced back across the borders as Ecuador tightens its immigration restrictions. Disgraced film executive Harvey Weinstein is facing a new lawsuit filed by the German actress Emma Lohmann. Lohmann alleges Weinstein raped her at Cannes Film Festival after the mogul invited her to the event in 2006 to discuss her career. The complaint was filed by the actress in Los Angeles, accusing Weinstein of assault, battery and false imprisonment. Lohmann claims the former Hollywood producer abused his powerful position to silence her over the assault, warning he would ruin Lohmann's career if she reported the incident. Weinstein is currently on bail after pleading guilty to six counts of various sexual crimes committed against women between 2004 and 2013. Saudi Arabia's public prosecutor is attempting to secure its first death penalty against a female human rights campaigner. The woman is one of five activists currently on trial in Saudi Arabia in a secret terrorism court. Isra al-Gomgam has been charged with incitement to protest and providing moral support to rioters, and if convicted, could be the first woman to face the death penalty in Saudi Arabia for human rights activism. The country operates as an absolute monarchy, its citizens banned from public protest or forming political parties. The Middle East director for Human Rights Watch, Sarah Lee Whitson, described the prosecutor's actions as appalling, adding that seeking the death penalty for activists like Israel Gomgum, who are not even accused of violent behaviour, is monstrous. Our facts of the week are The Netherlands' highest court has ruled a Dutch woman cannot wear a colander on her head in official identification photos after deciding pastafarianism is not a serious faith. Minka de Vilder argued she could wear the colander for passport photos on religious grounds. However, judges found the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster to be satire rather than a religion. Worshippers, known as pastafarians, prayed to the Flying Spaghetti Monster and vowed to eat a considerable amount of pasta. Though officially recognised in New Zealand, the Dutch court said pastafarianism did not have the seriousness and coherence of a religion, with de Vilder now considering taking her case to the European Court of Human Rights. The Health Secretary of Colombian City, Santa Marta, has issued new heatwave advice, asking residents to stop having sex until temperatures drop. Julio Salas gave out traditional advice like drinking water and wearing light clothing, but added that Santa Marta's citizens should also hold off from sex, at least until the sun goes down. Temperatures in the city have been topping 40 degrees Celsius, and speaking on local radio, Salas argued the tip was logical. 
Residents should avoid sex as they would any energetic exercise in the heat. Actress Olivia Colman has been named the most powerful person in British TV, topping the Radio Times TV 100 power list. Colman beat Doctor Who chief executive Chris Chibnall for the top spot, with those such as Declan Donnelly, Idris Elba and David Attenborough all taking places in the top 10. Colman is to star as Queen Elizabeth II in Netflix's next instalment of hit drama The Crown, reportedly the most expensive TV programme ever made, the first series costing £97.4 million. And finally, the hit show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire has been cancelled by its television channel in Venezuela after currency devaluation rendered the top prize worthless. The show, one of the most popular on Venezuelan television, was pulled off air after the prize money of 2 million bolivars plummeted to a worth of around £1,500. The country's inflation crisis is so severe that if the show was to run today, the prize cash would be worth a mere £6. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.